everybody out there. I'm Anthony Romeo. This is Wise Up Season 2. Folks, I cannot thank you enough for Season 1 listening and subscribing. We have so many people that have been coming to us and asking us, can we get on this Wise Up podcast to let us, let the people know what quality brands we could bring to the table to provide a value-add in Layer 1 infrastructure. In Season 1, we talked to so many different manufacturers and service providers about the Layer 1 infrastructure that supports data center as well as intelligent offices. There's so much going on out there in the world today with whether it be COVID and the new office environment or the fact is more and more of us are working remotely. And with that being said, the data center, the data center is evolved drastically over the last several months and it is only going to continue to do so. So today, folks, I have a special guest for you. Today I have with us Sean Kelly, head of application engineering data center and enterprise space for Rosenberger North America. Rosenberger North America is much larger than just the North America territory. And Sean's going to talk to us today about who Rosenberger actually is and all the various verticals that they support. Sean's really going to dive a deeper dive into the enterprise and data center solutions that Rosenberger has offered to their customer in the EU, APAC, and North America regions. So without further ado, Sean, welcome, and thanks for joining us on Wise Up in Season 2. We greatly appreciate your time. Thank you, Anthony. It's great to be here. So, So, Sean... I, I just rattled off a couple of names about your company and your title. Talk to us first about Rosenberger North America and, you know, what is it, all the different verticals that you touch? Because from my understanding, it is a massive, massive company and we're so, you know, gracious to be a part of it in, in the North American region. Uh, our folks at Wise Components are really appreciative that we, we have the opportunity to talk to you today, but also uh, be an authorized uh, partner in the program with Rosenberger. So thanks and kudos for taking the time today. But for those who don't know who Rosenberger are, is and, and, you know, where they came from and what they're doing and uh, the different verticals, like I could say automotive, communication, custom machining, medical, industrial, test and measurement, so much. And then on top of all that, you have the enterprise and data center solutions. So if you don't mind, just touch on, you know, how long we've been around, what, where are the geography that, you know, Rosenberger, not just in North America, what are you covering? And then a little bit for our listeners out there, you know, what, what's, Rosenberger doing an automotive that, you know, transcends to other divisions and, and, you know, how have they been benefiting uh, the customers that they're serving? Great. Sure. Anthony. Uh, so Rosenberger, um, depending on which, uh, which market you're, you're dealing with or having your career in North America, you may or may not have heard of Rosenberger. Uh, we are not a new company. Uh, Rosenberger was actually founded in the late fifties, um, by Han, uh, Hans, I'm sorry, Hans Rosenberger Sr. Um, 
And he, today, his three sons, uh, the Rosenberger brothers, own Rosenberger. Uh, it is a privately held company. And that's why you might not see it on the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ or something like that. Um, but as Anthony said, we, we are a multinational. Um, it, we are all over the world, uh, both engineering, manufacturing. Um, and, and it's a very, I'll say, diverse uh, company in that we do cover five major business areas. Um, as Anthony mentioned, there are communications, which we'll get to last, automotive, um, medical and industrial, test and measurement, and custom machining. So in automotive, in most cars on the road today, you'll find Rosenberger connectivity. Again, this is not something that you're looking into your car or under the hood or tearing the dashboard apart and saying, oh, there's Rosenberger, but we're there. Um, and so, you know, with all these different areas, we are the 10th largest connector company in the world, uh, the largest RF connector company in the world. Um, in test and measurement and medical uh, industrial, we have a lot of specialty type of connectors that um, th- that go in there, whether it's for, um, you know, uh, just instrumentation connectivity or um, uh, sealed type of connectors and things like that, depending on, uh, you know, for, for washing and different things like that. You know, with those three center kind of business areas, the automotive, the medical industrial test and measurement, there is some crossover there in the, like uh, different technologies like the sealed connectors and the weather tight connectors and things like that you might find in automotive. Some of that is has cascaded over to those other business units. And then say medical and industrial, one of the highlights in that is the medical or the, um, sorry, the magnetic USB connector. And that's pretty nice in case a piece of equipment gets pulled away. You're not ripping something out of the wall. Oh, it's just those breakaway connectors, yeah, I'm really talking about this. Exactly. And and those, that technology has led us into something else sort of in the automotive space with rechargeable bicycles and those rechargeable scooters, where a lot of times when you go and dock one of those along the street, it's hitting a Rosenberger power connector that's magnetically attached that, oh, wow. that starts charging. So uh, the custom machining, uh, we are very high precision on that. And those, I'll say that most of those, or those products do not always stay on earth um you can use your imagination where they might go and how they might be used the most important one that we're talking about here is communication and that's really broken into two uh two major segments one is the uh the cellular uh so rosenberg what we call rosenberg site solutions is a very very large player in anything the tower the antennas remote radio head cabling uh even test and measurement equipment for that and then our group is the uh data center and enterprise. And there are really four major hubs for that with Rosenberg around the world. We have their Asia Pacific region, our European region, and the uh, South American region, and now the North American region. Um, again, this is not new. Um, Rosenberger has been in, in fiber. We are a fiber-focused company uh, in that area, and we've been in the fiber business for you know for 30, 30 years or more and have had a lot of firsts, a lot of innovations. But, again, those have happened outside of the continental U.S., and uh, about three years ago, uh, Rosenberg, the Rosenberg brothers decided, hey, let's focus on the largest area in North America. and Let's bring some of this product set and expertise and leadership, uh, you know, our one, two or three leader position, one, two or three leadership around the world, bringing that into North America and, and, and giving the opportunity for uh, customers here to experience uh, the, the global leadership of that. So, yeah. so that's Rosenberg in a nutshell, but talk to me a little bit, talk to us a little bit about, 
you know, your role in head of application and engineering prior to coming to Rosenberg or where were you at? Um, uh, yes. So I've, I've been in the industry, uh, over 20 years. I started out with AMP Incorporated, which became Tyco Electronics and TE Connectivity and eventually was acquired by Comscope. Um, I did take a little stint and went back to TE Connectivity before joining Rosenberg. Um, I have again been f- with, with the exception of about two years of my career. Most of my career has been involved in fiber, uh, anywhere from engineering, uh, test test engineering, uh, manufacturing engineering, product management, business development, strategy, all different facets of the business. And uh, when I joined uh, Rosenberger North America, we wear a lot of hats within Rosenberger. Um, it's a very, I'll say, flat type of organization. Right. And so I do a lot of different things, right? So one of the major things in the island about my role is we're not here just to sell you a product or push something in, in your direction. Most of the Rosenberger portfolio in the data center and enterprise space has been an evolution of feedback from installers, customers, end users, different folks like that saying, I wish this could do this. And we'll work on that and, and bring that into our new, into a new solution that gets rolled out to everybody. So in my role, one of the great things I love is being in front of the customer, understanding their pain points and their needs and really being that trusted advisor or bringing their, uh, their needs and wants back to the company so that we can help them solve their problems and do something better and faster. No, that's, that's terrific. I mean, customer focused is, is what drives, you know, successful business. I mean, everybody knows the Amazon approach is customer first and that's why you have a two day prime shipping and sometimes same day shipping. So, um, you know, what we've done at Wise Components, so since 1975 has had that same mantra. So partnering with value, value add manufacturers like yourself that are customer Focus and cu- customer minded, uh, is, is very, uh, appreciative. Um, so I, th- I thank you for that, you know, high level overview. And, uh, you know, throughout your longevity, not only at Rosenberg, but over the years, I, I see that you've, um, also have a couple of uh, acronyms next to your name. So explain to me what that's about, if you don't mind the listeners. Yeah, sure. So I, I am a, a registered communication distribution designer in RCDD, uh, through Bixie. Um, I don't remember how many years it's, uh, I think I've lost count of how, how long I've had that designation, but it's really, it's a, it's a credential that, that, that proves, uh, knowledge across many different facets of, uh, cabling connectivity and infrastructure design. Yeah, no, definitely, uh, Bixie is well known, uh, out there. They're, they're not, uh, somebody that's just handing those things out. Um, but it, it's, it's something that you, you know, one, at one time, whether it be during the Stone Age or, uh, the Renaissance period, you, you, you know, took it upon yourself to, to go the extra mile and obtain those, those letters, those acronyms to be put uh, next to your names. So it, it does show some value add. I, I believe those, those folks that take the time to do that extra, that go the extra mile for the customer again. Hence what Rosenberg is doing. So talk to us about, you know, what's not keeping you up at night, but what's getting you out of bed? What's exciting you at Rosenberg the most is specifically in the communication, or I should say in the enterprise data center space that you that you uh, work in. So Anthony, I think, I think one of the, the 
biggest things is we've seen so many cookie cutter type of solutions in the uh, in our market for so many years, and and really up until the last couple of years, uh, that Sudo does very very well. And you know, one of the things I've as I mentioned just previously, is taking a lot of that feedback over the years from our, our different customers and different data centers around the world saying, hey, if this was tweaked or built this way or had this type of density or I didn't have to waste this this amount of rack unit, um, it'd be much better. So, you know, while at first glance you might look at a picture and say, yeah, okay, that looks like a regular panel or that, yeah, that looks like a cassette. There's a lot of detail that's behind the scenes that, you know, we can talk about uh, just how we've gotten different densities. Um, one of the great things on the back of our panels, we call it the square connector. And the Rosenberger square connector is when we do pre-terminated trunks at the breakout, there is, instead of using heat shrink and tubing and different things like that, like most people do for, for a breakout, there's actually a purpose-driven device on there called the square connector. And it's, it is cylindrical, but it has a square profile in it. And in the back of all of our panels, there is a square cutout panel. And what happens is the, the trunk, where it transitions from the trunk cable to the breakout, it slides down in there. And it creates a balance point. So it takes all of the loading off of that uh, thicker distribution cable and doesn't allow it to pull on the legs that need to be plugged into a cassette or the backside of an adapter plate or something like that. So it's the little innovations like that. We're adding extra cassettes into the same rack unit or being able to increase density in a rack unit without sacrificing finger spacing or something like that to unlatch LCs, uh, whatever it may be. So these are just little features that go a long way. Within, let's say, that family, um, we've also evolved what we call our SMAP G2 family, which started out as, you know, kind of a standard density. We call it SD. We've evolved into the HD, the high density, and ultra high density. And, you know, in a rack unit, we've increased from a standard of like 48 fiber uh, to the high density going to a 72 fiber and then to 96 fiber and the ultra high density. And again, it's not sacrificing space. We've got innovative cable management uh, built into a lot of our panels. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of those things just that it goes the extra mile. Um, it's. Yeah, I, I was just reading an article um, that was published by Uptime, uh, Uptime Institute uh, back in July. Um, uh, I think it was the 20th or so um, this month. Uh, nonetheless, and uh, it was their uh, 10th annual uh, survey uh, based upon all the large network of customers that they deal with, you know, Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 customers. So one of the things that was coming out of that survey was density. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's definitely on the rise. Um, facilities aren't stretched out enough yet, but that it's still definitely a, uh, a conversation that's driving, uh, in the market. So when you talk, when you just mentioned about what you're doing, uh, from a density level, that, that's, that's important, not to just me, Anthony, but to customers out there, it, it's uh, clearly uh, one of their, uh, mindsets. Right. Well, you bring, I mean, that, that highlights a good point. And that's, you know, um, I just recently, a few weeks ago for the fiber optic technology consortium, uh, I, I gave a, it's a group of TIA. I gave a, a webinar talking about some next generation connectivity and as well, as well as dust and sensitive connectors. And because of that higher density, um, we're 
sort of being forced into new connector footprints. And so there are some new ones that you'll start to see coming onto the market for the data center and enterprise space, more specifically for the data center. Um, and in one embodiment, in a, a single rack unit um, using ceramic ferrule connectors, um, we've demonstrated 432 fibers in one rack unit where the cabling is very manageable. It uses the connectors use push pull boots, so you can really um, put them in anywhere that you want to. Um, and, and so that it's really it's you know sometimes you think about adding density and you just think about the cable mass and how am I going to patch something I won't be able to get to it. These are things that the industry is thinking about, and these new generations of connectors are addressing the cable mass as well as access to them. The other thing is obviously as we get into high density data centers. You know, there are the multi-fiber connectors that are used, and we know that we've chased dirt around in those for, for many, many years. Um, and so there are new advancements in, um, in dust-insensitive connectors that we're going to see coming onto the market as well. All right. And one of the things uh, I like to point out, and you, you had brought um, up one of the consultants in the New York City market, and you remember this conversation going very well, Um we were talking about a world of different things and one of the things that was so relevant to, to now, not, you know, in the, in the future, but it was, it was equally as important and that was labeling because, um, you know, when you're, when you're putting in all these different fibers and all these different uh, patches, it's so important that you have documentation to support because the person that installs it, probably not be the person that's managing it or does the day two uh, integration. So having good documentation and good labeling is, is something that I point, I would point out uh, what Rosenberger has done with some of their um, product. And they, and it comes to me again, because one of the consultant meetings that we were in, uh, they pointed it out and they said, how, how much space uh, is available on, on the actual, uh, yeah, that's so that's we have taken that into consideration. Um, I mentioned adding, you know, um, the smaller footprints on our panels, getting more connectivity into a panel. We've also um, done that without sacrificing labeling. So we have adapter plates, regular um, adapter plates that, that might have, uh, you know, 24 um fibers in it or something like that and still have a labeling field there where normally you get a 24 fiber adapter plate and it's sitting next to another one you can't unlatch the connectors so we've we've done a lot of work with that but beyond that um even in our uh, horizontal cable management and things like that that we put on onto the front of our panels um, we've addressed a lot of different things to make it easier for labeling and the traditional doors or, or cable management guards, as they fall down, a lot of times they fall off of the, the mounting bracket. Ours all have ball detents, so they kind of ratchet down. And with that, we have a lot of varieties of labeling fields. So some of them are a mag- basically it's a magnetic paper. It's about the thickness of paper, but it is magnetic that will stick to the door. Um, there are other ones that are traditional slide under the clear slot. We also offer a service where if you know your pre-configuration of your panels, we will print specific panel labeling for, for them, and then you're simply filling it out. But, you know, going beyond that, there are some people that, that still want the infrastructure management system, the intelligent infrastructure management system. We offer something like that. It's not something we push to everybody. We realize that that's not for everybody. Um, but, but we also, you know, try to, to make it clean on, on all the panels and, and adapters and things like that. 
Um, going beyond that, I think, Anthony, another thing you might have been alluding to is there are times that customers have a specific barcode or a specific, say, QR code or specific information that they need on those assemblies. And we have the ability to put those, that labeling on, uh, on the specific assemblies, uh, for whatever their tracking method may be because their tracking method may not be a, a fixed system like what, what our, uh, Pixis intelligent management system or something like that is. They may have some other RFID or some barcode reading or something and else and, and we can work to accommodate that. And I was going to ask you about the Pixis. Uh, I was going to bring that up in, in, in conversation. So Pixis, explain to us, um, what, what that's about, um, a little bit. Right. So, so Pixis, uh, Rosenberger's had, um, they, they've been involved in the intelligent infrastructure management for, for many, many years. I mean, going back to the, the original, um, um, iTracks days, if you remember that from many, many years ago. And it's evolved over the years to different generations and somewhere along the line, it picked up the, the name Pixis. And, and one of the things, just a little tidbit, if you're wondering what the heck is a Pixis, uh, pretty much any, almost any family of product that you're going to see come out of Rosenberger, um, is named after some sort of constellation or star or something like that. And Pixis just happens to be one of those. But, um, with Pixis, there's, it's, it's, it is very simple, simple, uh, compared to, um, a lot of other systems that I've worked with over the years. Um, the, the initial setup, I mean, any of them require some upfront setup, um, and documentation, but for the most part, uh, I think it's a lot easier. It's stripped out a lot of the, there's a lot of fluff in some of the systems that no one ever uses. And I think Pixis really addresses that. Um, we're in Pixis three, I believe right now is the, the generation of Pixis that we're on. Um, Pixis four is being worked on. Um, and, and one of the, the nice things about Pixis four is that it's, uh, for the first time of, of really any of these systems, it's using a, um, non-proprietary type of patch cord. Really, when you get into infrastructure management systems, a lot of those, they'll either have a pogo pin or, right. or some sort of chip or some other feature that really drags you in to have proprietary patch cords. And, uh, having technology to do that, that is a non-proprietary, uh, it's game changing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's not on the market right now, but there is, you know, there are some IP filed and and, and awarded and, and things like that on on that technology. And we have one of our it's 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 not in North America, but one of our uh, high level R and D uh, facilities is is working on that. So it, in layman's terms, it's basically a GPS for the layer one infrastructure that folks would be connecting into a rack to see the highway of where everything is plugged into um, and, and not looking at a uh, just a rat's nest of cabling, understanding where, which port goes to where, which cable goes to which port, and, and you can see that highway and where it's disconnected or where it's unplugged and where there's some jams. Um, it'll give you that, that, that vision. Exactly, exactly. So there's, there's really when it comes to these management systems or methodology that we use, there's really, it's kind of three levels. The top level is an infrastructure, intelligent infrastructure management system like this that's going to have maybe your as-built drawings and you're going to have visual cues and send something to a smartphone or a device and telling a technician to patch here, patch there. The next, the lowest one is obviously the manual paper slash the labeling that we were talking about a middle, minute ago. And then right in the middle, um, there's, there are a multitude of solutions on the market and Rosenberger has one, what we call our identification patch cord, where it allows you to use 
patch cords. Some of them are proprietary. Some of them aren't. Some of them, you know, ours is um, a, just a regular patch cord that we make that can be used in anybody's system. But we have a tool that allows you to light one connector, uh, put a light source on on the body of the connector um, on one end, and go trace that out anywhere else in your in your data center or your installation and find the other side. There is a distance limitation to something like that, but it is, it's kind of in the middle of, okay, I'm trying to map this out for my, somebody's paper, handwritten paper documentation without going to uh, um, uh, a costly super intelligent system that's going to send a blinking light um, out remotely out to a panel. So we, we cover the, the whole gamut of that. Um, you know, I think a lot of people do as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And talk to me, one of the most widely anticipated and widely discussed trends that, that I've been seeing and hearing about in the IT infrastructure world over the last couple of years is the wave of demand for edge computing. And basically, what I've been told is fueled by the technology such as 5G and the Internet of Things that's going. What is some of the things that Rosenberger might be having? Because I've heard of the two together, edge and, you know, and uh, Rosenberg, but not really knowing uh, the full gamut of what you're offering. So kind of, be, you know, if you could provide us a little. Uh... Sure, sure. So, so I think one of the biggest takeaways, and this is going to continue to evolve. I mean, you know, as we've gone through the terminology and I, I actually um, will be giving a, a wise up uh, or a webinar in, in a couple of weeks talking about, the evolution of data center and how data and edge computing is getting closer and closer and closer to the user or the device generating the data. Um, those are requiring a different look perhaps on where the data is processed or stored um, and in what locations. I mean, they're, they're already showing up in grocery stores, convenience stores, uh, different areas like that, that you're basically putting a small data center, not necessarily a telecom room, but you're putting something there for listening to, let's say, in a, a grocery store, machine learning, listening to the uh, compressors in the, in the refrigeration units of the frozen food aisle because that could spell out millions of dollars of loss if one of those goes down. And so we'll listen to the operating frequency of that. And as, as that's changing, they may have to adjust power or adjust something in there or kick over to a backup. And you want that to be instantaneous. Right. The same thing as we're getting into some of the smart devices that we have in our homes, like an Alexa or something like that. It's conditioning us for smart homes, which is also going to lead into um, what we're seeing with, with some of the smart and self-driving and autonomous cars and the amount of communication that they're going to have. And today, you know, as you say, Internet of Things, 5G, those are all enablers of, of those uh, abilities to do things like that. But what we're going to have to do is there's latency that we're going to have to deal with, um, and some of those latencies are unknown. People have guesstimates of what they are right now, right. but the idea is the data is getting closer and closer and closer. And so where do you house this equipment? It, we're dealing with places that don't have a traditional telecom room or traditional data center, and what was considered an edge data center before, maybe a fog data center now or a regional data center, and you need to get closer. And as we evolve in the next couple of years, they're going to get closer and closer and smaller. So Rosenberger has some solutions that um, – that addresses and basically instead of building out a full data center or data com or telecom room where you might have a self-contained cabinet that has your uh, HVAC and your cooling, power monitoring, um, 
uh, whole system monitoring that basically will tell you anything from your, you know, your PUE, your your energy utilization, to how many rack units are open, uh, to who's getting in your cabinet. You know, uh, increases security because again, you know, you might not have the the physical security of a regular data center. As you're putting one of these smaller data centers in a, a shipping container or inside the the manager's office in a uh, in a grocery store or something like that, or in a K through 12 school or wherever we're putting this. Well, so it's you you mentioned K through 12 schools. I mean, it, there's no uh, surprise what the school system has been hit with due to COVID and how to operate, you know, in a new virtual world is, is foreign to most schools. Um, you know, online learning has been around for a number of years, but in the traditional brick and mortar K through 12, they were not prepared. Um, and they definitely weren't invested in the network infrastructure, the majority, whether it be in the New York tri-state area or uh, other places um, there was snow days and then they didn't go to work or, or learn that has gone away and it will remain to the wayside far after long after COVID in the post COVID world. I'm sure of it. Because, you know, as I'm reading through my own children, looking at what the reopening schedules are for the school systems. Um, you know, they're talking about a hybrid solution of, you know, remote learning as well as alternate school days you can only provide that that um, stream that that connection if you have the um, the network to support it and most schools are basically um, dinosaurs in, in the network regard um, you know so it, it's it's definitely going to be a driving force I think in addition to your retail chains and and grocery stores to, to lose revenue. Um, but to continue the productivity, um, what you talked about and touched on several times, I think you, you might, we might see an uptick in the edge data center world in K through 12. I think you, I think you definitely will, Anthony. And I, I saw that firsthand back in March with my wife, who is a school teacher. There, you know, even her district is a very advanced technology school district, smart classrooms, one to one devices throughout the whole entire district, sometimes two to one device, uh, two, two devices per, per student. Um, and, and for that kind of infrastructure within the contained brick walls, it's fairly robust. But as soon as they were going out to do exactly what you're talking, this remote learning, right. it was not, it was not only the scramble of how do we do this? Because they, for a couple of years, they've been piloting programs for, uh, virtual snow days. And it's really, okay, here's your assignments, complete them, turn them back yeah. in by the end of the day. That's a little different than the, the, the active classroom or active virtual learning yeah, that we're experiencing today. It's really different to what the universities have been doing. Exactly. Exactly. And so. We're seeing that, and the same thing we're seeing, I would say that that is even going to trickle over to corporate America as well. I mean, the people who are working from home, you're finding that, you know, do they really need that real estate? Is it important to have people sitting in a cube farm? Is is there is the reality of what we've been doing for six months, I mean, some of us a lot longer, of, of you know, using like something like Teams or Zoom or something like that to collaborate? You know, I think a lot of people have said, you know, this is becoming just as good as, as in-person collaboration while allowing a lot higher level of productivity. So in order to do that and making sure that the file sharing and the storage and everything else is um, um, adequate for not being contained within four walls, you know, you're going to see that, that bolstering of that in corporate America as well. And those that do go back, 
I think we're going to see a little different structure on how um, just from social distancing and things like that. I mean, our, our world's changed. We're not going to be back to normal. Right. I hate using the term new normal, but you may see more independent standalone offices than cube farms, you know, yeah. just to keep that, that going. And that's going to change some of just the enterprise infrastructure, but it's all going to then tie back into, okay, now I've got all these different areas. What, what am I doing with my, you know, the, 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 the data center part of that and how is all this going to go between I've got 50% of my workforce working remote, 50% or say are now into these new configured offices. It's a lot of things that we haven't thought about or really haven't taken serious. I, I, I could talk to you for days on end about what you have coming up with the solution overview that you've given is, is thumbs up. Um, I, I, I see that there is definitely uh, benefits for whether it be the precision or how you innovate on modular solutions or just the overall data center and enterprise uh, solutions that you're providing to the industry. Uh, there's countless opportunity here, not only due to COVID, but just in general terms on how we're evolving in, in the data center world. Um, as a partner, uh, as, uh, the distribution partner at Rosenberger and Wise Components, We'd be happy to uh, be a source for Rosenberger Solutions in the in the Northeast. So please feel free to contact myself or the team at Wise Components to learn more about Rosenberger Solutions and how they might be able to help you. Or by all means, reach out to Sean. Uh, we could put his contact details at the bottom of the of the uh, podcast. Again, this is Anthony Romeo. I've been talking with Sean Kelly of Rosenberg in North America about data center and enterprise connectivity needs. Um, Sean, with that said, I know you briefly mentioned that you have a webinar coming up on August 19th. Uh, we'll also be putting that into the caption so that folks can take the opportunity to learn a little bit more. And if for those folks that are out there that might need an additional Vixie uh, credit, uh, I believe that you are giving a, a credit if for the attendees are uh, coming on. That Correct. Year. Correct. Yeah. So the, there will be for those that are um, Bixie, ITC, RCDD, RTPM, uh, any any designation like that uh, where you need Bixie CECs, uh, we'll give a certificate of attendance. Uh, they'll have all the information. You submit that to Bixie, and uh, you will get one CEC for attending. And, and then after after that, the recording will be live. So and it won't be live, but you can go back to the recording and listen to the tidbit of knowledge drops that Sean will be going over on the products and solutions that his company is um, helping support in the industry. So without further ado, I think, again, Sean Kelly uh, for joining us on Wise Up. And I'm Anthony Romeo. This has been a season two kickoff of season two thank you again to all our subscribers and listeners out there we really greatly appreciate you um, all we're going to continue to do this we're going to continue to talk because you guys continue to listen and it's our audience has grown tremendously and i thank you all sean thanks again thank you anthony great to be here